Oh, I'm dispensing with the microphone because I'm on the road again. And I have a shortage of books here. So I'll revert to Marlowe's Ovid and one of my favorite moderns from 1845. I'll start with Elegy of Five from book one. No love is so dear that my chief wish should be so oft to die. Minding thy fault with death I wish to revile. Alas, a wench is a perpetual evil. No intercepted lines thy deeds display. No gifts given secretly thy crime bewray. Oh, would my proofs as vain might be withstood. Amy, poor soul, why is my cause so good? He's happy that his love dares boldly credit, to whom his wench can say, I never did it. He's cruel, and too much his grief doth favor, but seeks the conquest by her loose behavior. Poor wretch, I saw, when thou didst think I slumbered, not drunk your faults, on the spilt wine I numbered. I saw your nodding eyebrows much to speak, even from your cheeks part of a voice did break. Not silent were thine eyes, the board with wine was scribbled, and thy fingers writ a line. I knew your speech, what do not lovers see, and words that seemed for certain marks to be. Now many guests were gone, the feast being done, the youthful sort to divers' pastimes run. I saw you then unlawfully kiss, join, kisses join, such with my tongue it likes me to purloin. None such the sister gives her brother grave, but such kind wenches let their lovers have. Phoebus gave not Diana such, his thought, but Venus often to her Mars such, such brought. What doest, I cried, transportest thou my delight? My lordly hands I'll throw upon my right. Such bliss is only common to us two, and this sweet good why hath a third to do? This and what grief enforced me, say I said, a scarlet blush her guilty face arrayed. Even such as by Aurora hath the sky, or maids that there betrothed husbands spy, such as a rose mixed with a lily breeds, or when the moon travails with charmed steeds, or such at least, or such as least long years should turn the dye, Arachne stays. Assyrian ivory. To these or some of these like was her color. By chance her beauty never shined fuller. She viewed the earth, the earth to view beseemed her. She looked sad, sad, comely I esteemed her, even chemmed as they were her locks to rend, and scratch her fair soft cheeks I did intend. Seeing her face, mine Upreared arms descended, 
With her own armor was my wench defended. I that erewhile was fierce now humbly sue, least with worse kisses she should me endue. She laughed and kissed so sweetly as might make wrath kindled Jove away his thunder shake. I grieve least others should such good perceive, and wish hereby them all unknown to leave. Also much better were they than I tell, and ever seemed as some new sweet befell. Tis ill they please so much, for in my lips lay her whole tongue hid, mine in hers she dips. This grieves me not, no joined kisses spent, bewail I only, though I them lament. And from the second book, Elegia One. An old wood stands uncut of long years' space. Tis credible some godhead haunts the place. Amidst thereof a stone paved sacred spring, where round about small birdies most sweetly sing. Here while I walk, hid close in shady grove, to find what work my muse might move, I strove. Elegia came with hairs, perfume sweet, and one I think was longer of her feet. A decent form, thin robe, a lover's look, by her foot's blemish greater grace she took. Then with huge steps came violent tragedy. Stern was her front, her cloak on ground did lie, her left hand held abroad, a regal scepter. The Lydian buskin and fit paces kept her. And first she said, when will thy love be spent? O poet careless of thy argument, wine-bibbing banquets tell thy naughtiness. Each cross weighs, corner doth as much express. Off some points at the prophet passing by, and this is he whom fierce love burns, they cry. A laughing stock, thou art to all the city, while without shame thou sing'st thy lewdness ditty. Tis time to move grave things in lofty style. Long hast thou loitered, greater works compile. The subject hides thy wit, men's acts resound. This thou wilt say to be a worthy ground. Thy muse hath played what may mild girls content, and by those numbers is thy first use spent. Now give the Roman tragedy a name to fill my laws, thy wanton spirit frame. The sage she moved her buskins gaily varnished, and seven times shook her head with thick locks garnished. The other smiled I wot with wanton eyes, ere I, or myrtle in her right hand lies, with lofty words, stout tragedy, she said, Why treadest me down? Art thou a gravely played? Thou deignest unequal lines should thee rehearse. Thou fightest against me using mine own verse. Thy lofty style with mine I not compare. Small doors unfitting for large houses air. Light am I, and with me my care light love. Not stronger am I than the thing I move. 
Venus without me should be rustical. This goddess company doth to me befall. What gate thy stately words cannot unlock? My flattering speeches soon wide open knock. And I deserve more than thou canst in verity, By suffering much not borne by thy severity. By me Corina learns, cousining her guard, To get the door with little noise unbarred, And slipped from bed clothed in a loose nightgown, to move her feet unheard and setting down. Ah, how oft on hard doors hung I engraved, from no man's reading, fearing to be saved. But till the keeper went forth, I forgot not, the maid to hide me in her bosom, let not. What gift with me was on her birthday sent, but cruelly by her was drowned and rent. First of thy mind the happy seeds I knew. Thou hast my gift which she would from thee sue. She left, I said, you both I must beseech, to empty air may go my fearful speech. With scepters and high buskins the one would dress me, so through the world should bright renown express me. The other gives my love a conquering name, Come, therefore, and to long verse shorter frame. Grant tragedy thy poet time's least tittle. Thy labor ever lasts, she asks, but little. She gave me leaves, soft loves, and time make haste. Some great her works will urge me on at least. And from the same book, Elegia Three. What are there gods? Herself she hath forswore, and yet remains the face she had before. How long her locks were ere her oath she took, so long they be since she her faith forsook. Fair white with rose red was before commixed, now shine her looks pure white and red betwixt. Her foot was small, her foot's form is most fit. Comely tall was she, comely tall she's yet. Sharp eyes she had, radiant like stars they be, by which she perjured oft hath lied to me. In sooth the eternal powers grant made society falsely to swear. Their beauty hath some deity, by her eyes I remember late she swore, and by mine eyes and mine were pained sore. Say, gods, if she unpunished you deceive, for others' faults why do I loss receive? But did you not so envy Cephas' daughter, for her ill, beauteous mother judged to slaughter? Tis not enough she shakes your record off, and unrevenged mocked gods with me doth scoff. But by my pain to purge her perjuries, cousined I am the cousiner's sacrifice. God is a name, no substance feared in vain, and doth the world in fond belief detain. For if there be a God, he loves fine wenches, and all things too much in their soul power drenches. 
Mars girts his deadly sword on for my harm. Pele launce strikes me with unconquered arm. At me Apollo bends his pliant bow. At me Jove's right-hand lightning hath to throw. The wronged gods dread fair ones to offend, and fear those that to fear them least intend. Who now will care the altars to perfume? Tut, men should not their courage so consume. Jove throws down woods and castles with his fire, but bids his darts from perjured girls retire. Poor Semali, among so many burned, her own request to her own torment turned. But when her lover came, had she drawn back, the father's thigh should unborn Bacchus lack. Why grieve I in of heaven? Reproaches pen. The gods have eyes and breasts as well as men. Were I a god, I should give women leave with lying lips my godhead to deceive. Myself would swear, the wenches true did swear, and I would be none of the gods severe, but yet their gift more moderately is, or in mine eyes, good wench, no pain transfuse. This is from the fourth book, Elegy of Six. Either she was foul or her attire was bad, or she was not the wench I wished to have had. Idly I lay with her as if I loved not, and like a burthen grieved the bread, the bed that moved not. Though both of us performed our true intent, yet could I not cast anchor where I meant. She on my neck her ivory arms did throw, her arms far whiter than the Scythian snow. And eagerly she kissed me with her tongue, and under mine her wanton thigh she flung. Yea, and she soothed me up, and called me sire, and used all speech that might provoke and stir. Yet like as if cold hemlock I had drunk, it mocked me, hung down the head and sunk. Like a dull cipher, a rude block I lay, or shade or body was I, who can say? What will my age do, age I cannot shun, when in my prime my force is spent and done? I blush that being youthful, hot, and lusty, I prove neither youth nor man, but old and rusty. Pure rose she, like a nun to sacrifice, or one that with her tender brother lies, Yet boarded I the golden chai twice, and Livis, and the white-cheeked Pitho thrice. Corina craved it in a summer's night, and nine sweet bouts we had before daylight. What wast my limbs through some Thessalian charms? What waste my limbs through some Thessalian charms? My may spells and drugs do silly souls such harms? With virgin wax hath some embased my joints, and pierced my liver with sharp needles' points. Charms change corn to grass and make it die, 
by charms are running springs and fountains dry, by charms maced drops from oaks, from veins, from vines grapes fall, and fruit from trees when there is no wind at all. Why might not then my sinews be enchanted, and I grow faint as with some spirit haunted? To this add shame, shame to perform it quailed me, and was a second cause why vigor failed me. My idle thoughts delighted her no more than did the robe or garment which she wore. Yet might her touch make youthful Pileus fire, and Tithon livelier than his years require. Even her I had, and she had me in vain. What might I crave more if I ask again? I think the great gods grieved they had bestowed the benefit, which lewdly I forslowed. I wish to be received in, in I get me, to kiss I kiss, to lie with her, she let me. Why was I blessed? Why made king to refuse it? Chuff-like had I not gold and could not use it? So in a spring thrives he that told so much, and looks upon the fruits he cannot touch. Hath any rose so from a fresh young maid, as she might straight have gone to church and prayed? Well, I believe she kissed not as she should, nor used the slight, slight and cunning which she could. Huge oaks, hard adamants, might she have moved, and with sweet words caused deaf rocks to have loved. Worthy she was to move both gods and men, but neither was I man, nor lived then. Can deaf ear take delight when Phoemius sings, or Thamiros in curious painted things? What sweet thought is there but I had the same, and with one, and one gave place still as another came. Yet notwithstanding, like one dead it lay, drooping more than a rose pulled yesterday. Now when he should not jet, he bolts upright, and craves his task, and seeks to be at fight. Lie down with shame, and see thou stir no more, seeing thou wouldst deceive me as before. Thou cousinest me, by thee surprised am I, and bide sore loss with endless infamy. Nay more, the wench did not disdain a wit, to take it in her hand and play with it. But when she saw it, would by no means stand, but still dropped down, regarding not her hand. Why mockest thou me, she cried, or being ill, who bade thee lie down here against thy will? Either the art witched with blood of frogs new dead, or aided camest thou, or jaded camest thou from some other's bed. With that her loose gown on, from me she cast her, and skipping out her naked feet much grasped her, and least her maid should know of this disgrace, to cover it spilt water on the place. Now we're going to go far, far ahead 
That was again Marlowe's translation, by the way. And my favorite American poet. We'll revisit here. A series of poems he wrote on dreams. Dreams. Oh, that my young life were lasting dream. My spirit not awakening till the beam of an eternity should bring the morrow. Yes, though that long dream were of hopeless sorrow, were better than the cold reality of waking life to him whose heart must be and hath been still upon the lovely earth a chaos of deep passion from his birth but should it be that dream eternally continuing as dreams have been to me in my young boyhood should it thus be given twere folly still to hope for higher heaven for I have reveled when the sun was bright in the summer sky in dreams of living light and loveliness have left my very heart in climes of mine imagining apart from mine own home with beings that have been of mine own thought. What more could I have seen? It was once and only once and the wild hour from my remembrance shall not pass. Some power or spell had bound me. It was a chilly wind came over me in the night and left behind its image on my spirit or the moon shone on my slumbers in her lofty noon too coldly or the stars, however it was, that dream was as that night wind. Let it pass. I have been happy but in a dream. I have been happy, and I love the theme, dreams, in their vivid coloring of life, as in that fleeting, shadowy, misty strife of semblance with reality, which brings to the delirious eye more lovely things of paradise and love and all our own than young hope in his sunniest hour hath known. A dream. In visions of the dark night, I have dreamed of joy departed, but a waking dream of life and light hath left me broken hearted. Ah, what is not a dream by day to him whose eyes are cast on things around him with a ray turned back upon the past? That holy dream, that holy dream, while all the world were chiding, hath cheered me as a lovely being, a lonely spirit guiding. What though that light through storm and night so trembled from afar, what could there be more purely bright than truth's day star? A dream within a dream. 
take this kiss upon the brow, and in parting from you now, thus much let me avow. You are not wrong, who deem that my days have been a dream, yet if hope has flown away, in a night or in a day, in a vision or in none, is it therefore the less gone? All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. I stand amid the roar of a surf-tormented shore, and I hold within my hand grains of the golden sand. How few, yet how they creep through my fingers to the deep. Well, I weep, well, I weep. Oh God, can I not grasp them with a tighter clasp? Oh God, can I not save one from the pitiless wave? Is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream? Dreamland, by root obscure and lonely, haunted by ill angels only, where an Eidolon named Night on a black throne reigns upright. I have reached these lands but newly, from an ultimate dim thule, from a wild weird clime that lieth sublime, out of space, out of time. Bottomless vales and boundless floods and chasms and caves and titan woods with forms that no man can discover for the tears that drip all over mountains toppling evermore into seas without a shore seas that restlessly aspire surging onto skies of fire lakes that endlessly outspread their lone waters lone and dead there's still water, still and chilly, with the snows of the lolling lily. By the lakes that thus outspread their lone waters, lone and dead, their sad waters, sad and chilly, with the snows of the lolling lily, by the mountains near the river, murmuring lowly, murmuring ever, by the gray woods, by the swamp, where the toad and the newt encamp by the dismal tarns and pools where dwell the ghouls, by each spot the most unholy, in each nook most melancholy, there the traveler meets aghast, sheeted memories of the past, shrouded forms that start sigh as they pass the wanderer by, white-robed forms of friends long given in agony to the earth, and heaven. For the heart whose woes are legion, it is a peaceful, soothing region. For the spirit that walks in shadow, it is, oh, it is an El Dorado. But the traveler traveling through it may not, dare not openly view it. Never its mysteries are exposed to the weak human eye unclosed. So wills its king, who hath forbid the uplifting of the fringed lid. 
And thus the sad soul that here passes beholds it but through darkened glasses. By root obscure and lonely, haunted by ill angels only, where an Eidolon named Night on a black throne reigns upright, I have wandered home but newly from this ultimate dim thule. Thank you.